We're delighted to have in the studio for this ongoing series of podcasts presented by Sadie Chicago, members of the Lincoln Trio. In fact, it's all of the members of the Lincoln Trio. Welcome to Desiree Ristrat, violin, David Cunliffe, cello, and Marta Osnivorian, piano. Great to have you here. You have a new album on Sadie that is entitled Trios from Our Homelands, and the concept is that each of you has chosen a piece from your respective countries, England in the case of David, Switzerland in the case of Desiree, and Armenia in the case of Marta Osnivorian. I can't recall an album that's ever been put together with quite this concept. It's a beautiful idea. And so we'll delve into it. But first, for those of our podcast listeners who aren't familiar with the Lincoln Trio, tell us a bit about its founding and how long you've been around and anything else that you think would be of interest. So we formed in 2003, about 13 years ago. It's quite unusual the way that we were put together. Most chamber groups form themselves, usually at college, a music college, conservatoire, and then they ponder about a name for many months, and then they're kind of formed. This was sort of like an arranged marriage. Dr. Frank Little of the Music Center of the North Shore, now the Music Institute of Chicago, actually just brought us all in to his office and said, you shall be called the Lincoln Trio. So he actually formed us and he named us. Well, how did he know of you? We were all on faculty at the time, so he knew all three of us. This was his vision that we would be a piano trio. So Frank just felt that this was an ensemble that had to be put together, and now 13 years later, his vision still works. I had known Frank most of my studying years. I studied at the Music Institute of Chicago, and he was the president at that time. And we all happened to be on faculty at MIC, and I think he just thought it might be a nice merging of musical styles. I believe we weren't quite friends at that point. I think you and David perhaps knew each other a little more, but it was actually after our first concert, we played Ravel Trio together. And after that, he called us into his office and he said, not only would I think it'd be a great idea for you to be a trio, I also have a name for you, which makes it very easy. We really liked the name instantly. That was Marta Osnivorian, by the way, pianist. So I didn't realize your musical relationship as a trio started, David and Desiree, before your personal relationship. Is that right? Yeah, actually just before, I think, right? Personal relationship? That's Jim Ginsburg. It's a very shady. (laughs) (laughs) That's Jim Ginsburg, the president of CD Records. Personal relationship? What's going on here? (laughs) Well, David and I are married. (laughs) And, yeah, I think we got married probably a year or two after the trio formed, we knew each other and I think we're sort of dating. <laughs> yeah, pretty Semi-dating, and, and then we started playing together and obviously spending more time together. Did Frank know that at the time? Yeah, Frank did. He, I, that Frank were, knew that David and I were dating. <laughs> I know, okay. he knew. Then I was yeah. the only one in the dark. <laughs> <laughs> so do you think you would have gotten married anyway? <laughs> oh, yeah, of, course. of course, of course. If they could survive this, they could survive <laughs> I actually couldn't understand why he called us the Lincoln Trio because I'd been in the States about three or four years. So the concept of Abraham Lincoln and the land of Lincoln really went over my head. So I thought he was naming us after the car. (laughs) So it was was very weird. And he really was our biggest fan and supporter and actually created a residency for us at the Music Institute, which was really a wonderful way of starting our career. And he really helped us get out there, introduced us to a number of people, and so we really owe him quite a lot. So, 13 years ago you were founded, and what are some of the activities that have happened since? Because you play regularly, you've commissioned works, you've made recordings. It's clearly been a very successful venture. 
I think probably a big turning point for us was when we played for Wells Kaufman at Ravinia, and he sort of took the trio under his wing. Our timing was very lucky, as it was the bicentennial, and there was a celebration with Obama down in Springfield. And he created a residency tour for us where we traveled around the state representing the Ravinia Festival and doing outreach and having numerous performances around the state, culminating in playing in front of Obama in Springfield. There's the bicentennial of Lincoln's birthday, is that? Yes, yes. What have been some of your very favorite projects that you've worked on over the last 13 years, be it a performance or a recording or a commission? I think the first CD that the Lincoln Trio did, just the Lincoln Trio of notable women composers, I think that that was key. I have to thank Mr. Jim Ginsberg for believing in us for that project. Well, I should um, note that the Lincoln Trio had appeared with other artists on a number of CD recordings before we did one devoted entirely to the Lincoln Trio. So. Yeah. We're not an unknown quantity. <laughs> right. But it, it was a project that we really believed in, really wanted to make happen. So that was one of the big projects. Does the Lincoln Trio have a leader, or is it a very three-way democratic it's, it's process? It's a totally democratic <laughs> organization. <laughs> What's the biggest uh, musical fight you've had? I can think of a few. <laughs> you know, ironically, they've been probably early on based on musical things, honestly. Nothing major in terms of decision-making or ideas, but I think just long time ago rehearsal arguments that we all individually felt very passionate and firmly about, which, you know, is actually kind of ideal. If there's anything you're going to stand firmly with, it's musical ideas. And and very often it's, it's tempe, which, uh, you know, it's just very... It's uh, personal. It's, it's a personal thing that each of us might feel strongly about and now we've just learned to ignore each other and <laughs> not to listen to each yeah, other we all play at three different yeah, speeds so it, it, exactly. it helps it well i think the nicest thing has been working with sadie and that every single one of our projects that we have done all three of us have felt equally passionate about which that's such a rare thing when we have an idea we work well in manifesting that and figuring out a way that we can really bring it to its fullest. And Jim has been wonderful with the ideas we have brought to him. Like David said, I think the Notable Women was really exciting for us because, again, each of us brought something to that CD. Marta knew Lara Arbach quite well. I knew Jennifer Higdon. And the three of us had actually worked with Stacey Garrup and with Laura Schwendinger. It was just really sort of a blend coming from all angles and putting it together. And I think that's what we've done really well and enjoy doing together. The concept for this album, if it's not clear from the list of uh, names Desiree just recited, was music by living American female composers. Which brings us to this album, Trios from Our Homelands. As I said at the opening, it's a wonderful concept. I'm not sure I've ever heard of anything quite like this, where each of the members of the ensemble have picked a composition from their homeland to record. So how did this idea come about? It was three trios that we all wanted to play at some point in the trio's career from quite an early stage with all three pieces. Mm-hmm. Marta had always mentioned the Babajanian to us and said, well, it'd be great if we could play this sometime. I did the same thing with the Rebecca Clark and the Frank Martin actually did figure in our repertoire quite early on. So we've been performing that for quite a while. Yeah, I think it's just three pieces that were very dear to us and then... Desiree suddenly had this idea, these three 
pieces would actually work well together and that there was this link with our homelands. That's the difficult thing sometimes, finding something that's interesting and then putting it together and finding ways that we each have individual things that we may like, but to find a common thread. And I think we were just sitting there trying to figure out how it could all work. And, and also pieces that work well together. together. And I think we're incredibly lucky with these three works. They work actually much better than I even thought they could work, especially after listening to the final CD. It's amazing how they work together and in the order they're put in. We think it's a really wonderful CD. They really do work together. There mm -hmm. is a certain unity to the styles of the three. So, Jim Ginsburg, uh, you were presented with this idea. What was your reaction? Oh, I loved it. Um, I'm always interested in works by composers who are maybe a little less well-known or works that are a little less well-known. And the idea of the personal connection to the trio made this really click. Did you know the music when you first were presented it? Maybe the Martin, did you know the others? No, actually, I didn't. So that was also a nice discovery for me, getting to learn these pieces and then, of course, to produce the album. So let's jump in. There are three compositions. The first one is by Rebecca Clark, who lived quite a long life, from 1886 to 1979, English. Did you know her? <laughs> no, I, it's funny. I would like to think that my great-great-uncle might have met her. He was also a violist, also studying at the Royal College of Music round about that time. So it may be that he did actually meet her. It's by Rebecca Clark, the trio for violin, cello, and piano, obviously, since it's the Lincoln Trio. Had you performed this as a trio? Not as a Lincoln Trio, but actually Desiree and I had performed the trio a couple of times with different pianists before the Lincoln Trio was formed. So that was sort of our introduction to it. And I was aware of Rebecca Clark's music mainly through her viola sonata, which is a mainstay of the viola repertoire. So, David, you've chosen the Rebecca Clark. Describe the piece for our podcast listeners. It's written in 1921. Rebecca Clark was enormously influenced by the French composers at the time, as a lot of composers were, particularly Ravel. So you hear in her music a lot of impressionist sounds. There's a lot of uh, whole tone scales that go on. But at the same time, there is this English folk quality that you hear, particularly in the last movement. It's difficult to really pin down where she lies. She's sort of a nationalist composer. Like all three of these composers, they're in some ways neo-romantic composers, a little bit left behind. They didn't immately jump on the bandwagon of atonality. I think Frank Martin did eventually. And certainly the Papagianian is extremely romantic. So I think it goes some way to describing it. <laughs> and we're going to hear excerpts from the second and third movements of the Rebecca Clark, beginning with the second movement, marked Andante Molto Semplice. Thank you. 
That was an excerpt from the second movement of the trio for violin, cello, and piano by Rebecca Clark, performed on this new CD album by the Lincoln Trio. And now an excerpt from the third movement, Allegro Vigoroso. Anything you want to... This is where you hear this English folk dance, almost like a hoedown. That was an excerpt from the Rebecca Clark Trio for a Violin, Cello, and Piano, the last movement, as performed by the Lincoln Trio. This is an album on Sadie Records called Trios from Our Homelands. If you're turning into the middle of this podcast, an album featuring the Lincoln Trio from Chicago, Desiree Ristrat Violin, David Cunliffe Cello, and Marta Osnivorian Piano, who are all here in the studio along with the president of Sadie, Jim Ginsburg. The second piece, Marta, you chose by Arna Babajanian. Yes, I fell in love with this piece the first time I heard it. Ironically, I was on a date, a first date, so I fell in love with the piece, not the man. But it was in Boston, and I remember him picking me up, and I got into his car, and he was an Armenian man from Armenia, and he knew I was a pianist, and he said, you have to listen to this, and he popped the CD in, and 
put the third movement on. I didn't realize it was the third movement of the F-sharp minor trio. I was instantly captivated by its passion and its rhythmic drive, and I knew right then and there that I needed, and he even said, he said, you need to play this, and I knew I did need to play it, and I knew audiences would love it, and judging from our premiere of it last summer at Ravinia, they did, and they will when we play it again. Were you familiar with his music at all? At you know, point? I really no. wasn't. I knew of him, and I only know of him because of my Armenian heritage. I don't believe he was very well known at the time in the United States. However, he was considered a national hero in his homeland, of course, and in Russia. He was incredibly talented at a very, very young age, and Kachaturian, who was a well-known composer, instantly was drawn to him at a very young age and recognized his musical talent and felt his musical studies needed to be done in a proper way. So he sent him to the Yerevan Conservatory, Yerevan being the capital of Armenia. And he went at the age of seven. So he had a very intensive education. He went off to Moscow and studied there, and then he came back to the Yerevan Conservatory where he was on faculty between 1950 and 1960, and that's when he wrote this trio while he was a professor. He also knew Rostropovich and wrote a piece for He him. did write a cello concerto for Rostropovich, and Rostropovich loved it, adored it. They were friends. Babajanian and Kachaturian became very good friends. Kachaturian was sort of a mentor to Babajanian. In fact, the other piece I adore and love, I perform from time to time, is the elegy that Babajanian wrote in honor of Kachaturian for when he died. We actually had it arranged for the trio, and we've performed it before. It's a beautiful piece. Babajanian wrote a lot of ballads and a ballad for piano and orchestra, so his works are plentiful. He lived from 1921 to 1983, and we can read what Rostropovich said about him. He called him, quote, a brilliant composer, fiery pianist, beloved neighbor, and devoted friend for many years. Mm -hmm. This, for me, was wonderful Arno Babajanian, who, despite his early death, made a significant contribution to the music of our time. Mm -hmm. Going to hear from Babajanian, the piano trio in F-sharp minor. It's a piece in three movements. The first movement starts with the opening theme, which is a light motif throughout the piece, and it's the harmonic structure and modal structure of the piece. It opens very mysterious with a folk melody. There's a lot of folk element in his music, but she uses it in a very virtuosic manner, sort of in the manner of Rachmaninoff or Kachaturian. And this piece is very virtuosic. It's passionate. The second movement begins with a beautiful melody softly with a violin on an open E, and then it's joined by the cello and the two intertwine to develop this folk tune. So let's hear an excerpt from the second movement of the Arno Babajanian trio in F-sharp minor, marked on Dante.
That was an excerpt from the second movement of the Arno Babajanian piano tune in F sharp minor. We're going to hear an excerpt from the final movement, Allegro Vivace, in a moment. But Marta Osnavorian, who has chosen this piece for this album, Trios from Our Homelands, does the piece sound to you Armenian in nature? Is there such a thing? And if so, well, that's a great question it? because that's exactly what drew me to the piece instantly. I knew it was an Armenian piece. I knew it had Armenian melodies in it. And what makes that, quote, Armenian sound? Armenian music, it's a very rich-sounding music, and it has a very unique melodic pattern. It's not based on the European tonal system, but it's based on a system of tetrachords. And a tetrachord, tetra meaning four, a tetrachord is a series of four notes spaced with three smaller intervals within a span of a perfect fourth. So the last note of the tetrachord also serves as the first note of the next tetrachord. So what Armenian folk music really is, is an endless scale. There's no tonic or dominant. It sounds like an endless scale, and it is based on an endless scale. That's what gives it that exotic sound. And maybe sort of yearning quality, would you say? Yearning, you know, the instrumentation has always been haunting. The the duduk, which is a double reed woodwind instrument made out of apricot wood, has a very haunting quality. And I think that also aids in the exoticism the duduk is the national instrument of Armenia, incidentally. And I think we all have heard it in shows that are current today. Peter Gabriel did it in yeah, The Passion yeah. of Christ, but also in Game of Thrones. I hear it throughout the soundtrack. Having said all of that, there are still some recognizable influences, including Bartok. And yes, in his later, his later compositions, he was influenced by Bartok and Prokofiev. Mm-hmm. So we'll hear an excerpt from the Allegro Vivace, which to me is the most Prokofiev sounding of the three movements. Yes, the final movement's incredibly passionate and rhythmically captivating. It's mostly in 5-8 time with accents on off rhythms. It's comprised of predominantly two themes, one aggressive theme and one more lyrical song-like theme. And it's just a fabulous movement. Thank you. 
That was an excerpt from the third movement of the piano trio in F-sharp minor by Arno Babajanian, the Allegro Vivace, performed by the Lincoln Trio on their new album, Trios from Our Homelands. The trio consists of Desiree Ristrat violin, David Cunliffe cello, and Marta Osnivorian piano. And each of these artists has chosen a piece from their homeland. In the case of David, we earlier heard a piece by Rebecca Clark. We just heard the Arno Babajanian from the Armenian composer. And now, Desiree, a piece by Frank Martin. Uh, this is called Trio on Popular Irish Melodies. Frank Martin, who lived from 1890 mm-hmm. to 1974. Tell us about this piece and why you chose it. Well, it's not the easiest thing to come up with a composer from Switzerland. My mother was born and raised there. Actually, David and I had done the Martin before, and as a trio, we had done the Bloch Nocturnes, and I just felt that the Martin was a great choice. And a funny sort of side story of when David and I first first performed it, Usually before a concert of playing something for the first time, you like to run it in someplace really sort of low pressure and not have to worry too much. And we were running it in a community center in Highland Park. And just as we were ready to go out, I said to David, Mark Johnson of the Vermeer Quartet is here. And he said, you're kidding. And I said, I'm really not kidding. And he's sitting in the front row. (laughs) And sure enough, he was visiting a friend that day And Mark was sitting in the front row when we came out. And I'll never forget the look on all of our faces. Like, our low-pressure gig now just turned very high pressure. And he came because he said he had never heard the trio. And afterwards, he said, you know, it really is a gem. And I think it is. It's a very cute, wonderful piece, a great addition to the repertoire for piano trio, especially since it's on the shorter side. It's around 15, 16 minutes, and that's very difficult to find too many trios that can fit in with another trio and a half. So I was very happy to be doing this. We should note that Mark Johnson is the cellist from the Premier Quartet. No pressure, though. That's why I particularly had a heart attack. (laughs) And we're going to hear the entire third movement from the piece? Yes. And the story behind this trio is it was commissioned by an amateur American musician who wanted a piece that was based on familiar Irish tunes. And Martin was sort of a intellectual. He actually went to school for math and physics because his parents really didn't support. In the end, they supported his music. But as he was growing up, he was the youngest of 10 children, felt that academics were very important for him. So... That being said, he decided to go to the library in Paris and really do research on some Irish tunes. So he came out with all these obscure Irish tunes, brought this back to the commissioner, and the commissioner refused to pay him because he said he didn't recognize any of the tunes. So we're lucky because he kept the piece and he finished it up, and I think the tunes that are in it and the way it's shared between the instruments and the rhythmic pulse and the way each instrument gets a voice in having its own rhythmic structure in every single movement it's different and the jig is particularly fun obviously because it's basically a fiddle tune it starts and it gets faster and it ends and it's just really a fun movement it's marked with the french word jig but it's really an irish jig right right so it's kind of a play on words there (laughs) it's a play on words yeah
just heard the third movement of the trio on popular Irish melodies by Frank Martin, performed by the Lincoln Trio, Desiree Ristrat, violin, David Cunliffe, cello, and Marta Osnivorian, piano. Well, before we end this podcast, CD is a company that is in Chicago, and the philosophy is to record music by Chicago musicians and Chicago composers, and it's all about Chicago. The Lincoln Trio was founded in Chicago. What do you like about Chicago? What do you like about living here? What makes the scene special? I think Chicago for us has really been a wonderful place to realize our dreams, doing it our way. In so many cities, there's things that have been done a certain way and you have to fit the status quo. Being in Chicago and having Jim Ginsburg and the CD label that is so willing to work outside of the box and work with our ideas rather than us having to work with somebody else's ideas how we first got started with Jim was through Freda Hyman and Music in the Loft, which again was uniquely Chicago. She held concerts in her loft and had a real knack for putting composers and players together. And that's how we got introduced to Jim was through the first CD, which was called Composers in the Loft. And at the risk of sounding sycophantic, I'm sitting next to Steve Robinson of WFMT. So having a great radio station is also incredibly important to all musicians Mm -hmm. and chamber groups. We're so Mm -hmm. fortunate to have that in Chicago as well. Before we wrap up this podcast, I thought we'd ask, what's next for the Lincoln Trio? What's coming up? The most immediate thing coming up for us is the release of this CD, which we're performing at Merritt School and having a party on August 11th. So that's the first thing. And then we're off to Colombia, South America, and Ecuador to give a six-concert tour playing the Beethoven Triple Concerto with the Philharmonia Joven de Colombia. So we're really looking forward to that. And in the fall, anything uh, lined up yet? We have quite a few concerts around the United States. We're going to be in California, which we go to quite a bit, in Texas and in the Dakotas and in New York and in Florida. So we're sort of around everywhere. And have you commissioned works in the past? 
actually works have been commissioned for us. Frank Little, again, was the first person that got a commission for the trio literally a couple months after we formed by Augusta Reed Thomas. And she had written a piece for us. And we have worked quite a bit with Stacey Garup. Who's a Chicago composer. Who's also a Chicago. And Misha Zabko. And Juan Antonio Cuella from Colombia. Actually, this is how we got introduced to Colombia, is we got an email last year, and we had been there performing before, and he's Colombia's most prolific composer. And they said, can you write a trio for you guys, and would you be willing to perform it and record it? So we went to Colombia last summer and performed and recorded his work. And I will add that David will be performing at Sadie's annual gala in September, Sunday, September 11th, at the home of the Spurtis Institute on South Michigan Avenue with the Cavatina duo. And also at that gala, since Frank Little has been mentioned a number of times, as our second Musical Partner Award recipient, we are honoring the Music Institute of Chicago, where the Lincoln Trio was formed. Of course, our first Musical Partner Award went to none other than WFMT. Any commissions in the offing? We're hoping to, so we'll see. We had one recently at Chamber Music America Commission, and Laura Schwendinger had written us a wonderful piece called Arc of Fire, which actually you can find on the WFMT Relevant Tones podcast. And we'll end with this question. What's your next CD recording? That's a good question. (laughs) (laughs) We've thrown out a few ideas, and it's still a work in progress. Thank you all very much. We've been listening you, to Sydney. members of the Lincoln Trio, Desiree Ristrat Violin, David Cunliffe Cello, and Marta Osnavorian Piano, talking about their wonderful new Sadie album, Trios from Our Homelands. Dedicated to producing classical recordings of the highest quality, featuring outstanding musicians from Chicago. Sales of CDs and downloads cover less than 20% of our expenses, so we rely on your charitable contributions to fulfill our mission. Please visit sadierecords.org, that's C-E-D-I-L-L-E records.org, for more information on how you can support Chicago artists through Sadie.